Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This morning we're kind of continuing our look at Christmas, if you will, and we're looking at how Christmas changes everything. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. This is the word of our Lord this morning. The birth that changes everything. You know, the birth of a baby can change a lot of things for you, personally, when you have a child. And Christmas is the celebration of the birth of a baby who changed everything. He not only made a big difference in his own home, but a big difference in the whole world. His birth is meant to change everything for you, too, even today. And I want to talk to you this morning uh, about how the birth of Jesus Christ can change your life. First, the birth of Christ changed history. In verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come. The world we live in is shaped by the past. You and I, of course, live in America here because an explorer named Christopher Columbus discovered the New World and opened the door for European settlers, which were many of our ancestors, to make their home here. We don't speak French or, or Spanish because the British, who spoke English, colonized most of North America. And you live in a democracy, a democratic republic to be uh, exact, because our forefathers fought and died, and soldiers since, have, since then have also fought and died to preserve our freedom. The world today was shaped by many events from the past, but no event has changed the world as much as the birth of Jesus Christ in that manger Bethlehem. So what are some of the changes his birth produced? Well, first and foremost, the obvious change you see every time you check the expiration date on your milk or write out a check or sign any legal document, you need to know what year it is. What does that number for the year come from? Where does it come from? It comes from the birth of Christ. Some, some people still use the terms B.C., before Christ, and A.D., which is Latin, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, to outline history. Some people, of course, uh, are trying to change that now to get rid of Christ's name by calling it B.C.E., before the Common Era, and A.C.E., after the Common Era. Uh, hopefully that never happens. Hopefully it's always based upon Christ's birth, B.C. and A.D., before Christ and uh, Anno Domino, the year of our Lord. But one thing that can, nobody can deny is that all of human history is divided by his entrance into this world. 
How would the world have been different if he had not been born in the fullness of time? Remove every reference to Christ from the world's greatest literature, and the library will be almost empty. Erase from every great painting or statue any work which includes Christ, and you don't have much art left to appreciate. Close down all the great colleges originally founded to train preachers of the gospel, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and you eliminate some of the greatest seats of learning. Christianity, with all of its failures and faults, has been one of the most powerful forces in all of history. But if Christ were never born, human history would be a very different story. But Paul declares that Christ was born at just the right time, right on schedule, according to the plan mapped out long before creation. God sent forth his Son to be born into this world. His birth changed human history, but he wants to do more than that. He wants to change your history. He wants to draw a line separating B.C. from A.D. in your life. He wants to transform everything in your history. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Christ's birth changed human history, but Christ's entrance into your life will change your history. When Christ enters your life, he changes your direction. A Christian is a person who is no longer chasing after sin, but pursuing righteousness. He is following Christ, following his plan for their lives. He changes our desires. A Christian wants to please God. They may struggle with sinful desires, but their ultimate desire is to live worthy of the Lord. Even when we fail, a Christian wants to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to do better for Jesus' sake. So he changes our direction, but he also changes our destiny. When Christ enters your life, he doesn't erase the past, but he changes how you relate to your past. He changes how you live in your present and changes your hopes and goals for the future. This is how Christ can change your history. Have you experienced this change? You might be a good person or even a religious person, but if you've never personally invited Jesus to enter your life and change you, you are missing out on the most important change a person can experience. Christianity is a turning point for nations, for civilizations, for individuals. The birth of Jesus Christ truly is a turning point in human history. He wants to be a turning point in your history as well. But that's not all. Paul goes on to describe two, more, two of the most radical changes Christ will bring in our lives. The birth of Christ can change your relationship with God. In one sentence, how would you describe your relationship with God? Stop and think about that for a minute. The default setting for most of us is everything's okay between God and me. Why wouldn't everything be okay? When Jesus begins his preaching, he begins by calling everybody to make a change repent, change your mind, 
change your life. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Both Christ and the Apostle Paul preached that everybody needs a fundamental change in their relationship with God. And Paul uses two words to explain the change Jesus was born to bring. Redemption, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. The word redemption entails two ideas, to purchase and to liberate. When you redeem a coupon for a free dinner, you are using that coupon to get something, to buy something. Paul's idea of redemption comes from the slave market of the ancient world. People became slaves in those days for a variety of reasons, but they were basically only two ways a slave found freedom. Either his master freedom, or else somebody else redeemed him, means they paid the price for him to be set free. What's that have to do with us? We're not slaves. Nobody's my master. Well, Jesus has a different opinion. In John chapter 8:34, he says, "Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin." Have you ever committed sin? Have you ever done wrong, knowing you were doing wrong? And Jesus says you are a slave, a slave to sin. You are a slave to sin's penalty, which is guilt. You are a slave to sin's power. You do wrong even when you mean to do right. You are a slave to sin's destiny. In Romans chapter 6, 23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death. That's a real downer. You can't free yourself from sin. You can't free yourself from your guilt. You can deny it. You can try to forget it, but it won't go away. You cannot free yourself from sin's power, no matter how hard you try to reform. You can't, lose, lose, you can't get loose from its grip. There's no way you, by yourself, can escape sin's destiny. Oh, and, and one more bit of bad news here. Sin ruins your relationship with God. Because God is holy. He hates sin. And as long as you are a slave to sin, your relationship with God is ruined. But there's good news. And that good news is the baby born in Bethlehem's manger can redeem you from sin. He is fully human, born of a woman just as, as you were. He was born under the law, that is, he was subject to God's demand for perfect obedience. The big difference is he kept God's law perfectly because he was not a slave to sin. Because he was free. He could pay the price for your freedom, which was his own death on a cruel cross. He was born to die, to redeem you from sin, to offer you a not guilty verdict before a holy God, to set you free from guilt, from defeat, and from eternal death. But Jesus was not born just to free you from slavery. God wants more than that in your relationship with him. Jesus was also born to change our relationship with God through adoption, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Buy a slave, set him free, and you go your way, and he goes his way. But God frees us from slavery to make us his sons and daughters. 
He sent Jesus not just to take off our chains, but to adopt us into his family. Jesus wasn't born just to set you free, but to set your place at God's table, to welcome you home to a new family, to make you a beloved child of God. How would you describe your relationship with God right now? Maybe you're not sure how to answer that question. You try to live right. You try to stay out of trouble. You do the best you can. But is that enough? Could there be some changes that need to be made for you to be sure of where you stand with the Lord? Jesus Christ was born to change a relationship with God. He came to earth to redeem you, to set you free from the guilt of your sins, from the power of sin, from the penalty of your sins. One day he will also set us free from the presence of sin. But his redemption make it, makes it possible for you to become a beloved child of God, to give up trying to earn your way into heaven, but to enjoy life as a child of God. Jesus came to earth to do this for you and your relationship with your heavenly Father. But it's one thing to know this in your mind, and it's another to be sure of it in your heart. That's why Paul adds one more area where the birth of Christ can change your life. The birth of Christ can change your experience with God. Say, I want to experience God in a real way, not just in my mind, but in my heart. And that, Paul says, is one of the reasons Jesus Christ was born into this world. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, declares verse 6. When you are redeemed and adopted into God's family, he sends his Holy Spirit to inhabit your mind, your heart, and your will. He gives you the assurance in your heart you are a child of God, the assurance that dares to call God Abba, Papa, Daddy. Family words cried out by a child in joy or in fear or in love. That's the kind of relationship Jesus came to enable you to experience with God. The secure, warm love between a father and his child. Live that way, Paul warns in verse 7. Don't go on living like a slave. Live like a child. Loved and treasured by your heavenly father. Don't keep trying to earn your way into his heart. Don't keep living like a slave. Live like his child. Jesus came to this earth to make that kind of relationship with God possible. Is it really possible? Do you really believe it's possible to live so sure of God's love for you, so certain of his acceptance? He came to be Emmanuel, God with us in a way more real than we could ever imagine. That, Paul says, is the change the birth of Jesus Christ came to make in your heart and your life. Can the birth of Jesus change everything for you? You will never know the answer to that question unless you come to him and ask him to change your history, change your relationship with God, change your experience with God, this is his invitation to you this morning. Come to him, believe, and see for yourself how Christmas 
And the Christ of Christmas changes everything. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Father, we thank you again for the reminder of the true significance of Christmas. We thank you for Christ who always keeps his promises, who takes us out of slavery into sonship, not by something we have done, by what he has done for us, who blesses us forever and ever, not according to our works, but according to his mercy. We thank you, Father, for the Son who came in the fullness of time to give us back paradise, to make us sons and heirs of all that you possess. We pray in his blessed and holy name. Amen.